Hello and welcome to Charm City Checkup, a podcast about social justice issues in the city of Baltimore for pediatric residents, made by a pediatric resident. My name is Caroline Knoop and I'm your host. Currently, I am a second year pediatric resident in the city of Baltimore. I'm learning about community resources, social justice issues, and social determinants of health that face our patients and their families. Join me as I learn about all things social justice in the city of Baltimore. today's episode, we will be talking about WIC. WIC is a great resource for a lot of our patients, and sometimes we just assume that students, residents, and even patients understand all of the nuances of the program. Today, I want to break down the basics of WIC. I also talked with Dr. Nisha Diva Karuni, who is an attending physician at the resident-run clinic, Midtown Pediatrics, about how to best navigate using WIC to help patients in the primary care setting. WIC stands for Women, Infants, and Children, which is fitting given that WIC aims to safeguard the health of low-income women, infants, and children who are at nutritional risk. They provide nutritious foods to supplement diets, information on healthy eating, and referrals to healthcare. Currently, there are 89 WIC agencies across the U.S., That's in all 50 states, 33 Indian tribal organizations, and including the District of Columbia. As with all things, I started from the beginning and found a quick history of the organization. WIC was founded in 1972 as a supplemental food program aimed at improving the health of pregnant mothers, infants, and children due to concerns of malnutrition amongst impoverished families. The first physical WIC site was opened at the beginning of 1974 in Kentucky. And by the end of that year, 45 states established WIC programs. In the 1990s, WIC made a concerted effort to support breastfeeding women by introducing an enhanced program to provide healthy food choices for these breastfeeding mothers. In the 2000s, they also launched the Breastfeeding Peer Counselor Initiative, which paired previous WIC participants with current breastfeeding mothers in order to provide support. By 2009, it was mandated that WIC provide healthy food options, including fruits and vegetables, according to USDA dietary guidelines. You might also wonder, how is all of this funded? Well, WIC is a public health nutrition program under the umbrella of the USDA. A yearly budget is proposed to Congress and is then voted on. Based on this budget, grants are provided to each state for their respective WIC programs. Then, at a state level, WIC is operated by each county. As for the specifics for our patients in Baltimore, to be eligible for WIC benefits in the state of Maryland, you must be a Maryland resident and be pregnant, be a breastfeeding mom up to one year postpartum, a new mom up to six months postpartum if you're formula feeding, or be an infant or child up to the age of five. You must also meet income guidelines, which is currently below 185% of the U.S. poverty line, about $51,000 per year for a family of four, be enrolled in a temporary assistance for needy families, SNAP, which is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or have Medicaid. Parents may ask you how they can apply for WIC, and it's a common misconception that they need a doctor referral. In reality, anyone who qualifies for WIC can receive the benefits. They need to make an appointment at their county's WIC office and bring the following documents with them. A proof of household income, proof of identity, proof of address, and if applicable, proof of pregnancy, an immunization record of the child that they are applying for, and a WIC form for special formula if it's needed. 
The mission of WIC is to reduce premature births, low birth weight babies, fetal and infant deaths, and the incidence of iron deficiency anemia. They aim to increase access to prenatal care, especially early on in pregnancies, in order to improve pregnancy outcomes for both women and their children. They also strive to increase immunization rates and access to regular health care. These are all great things to get behind, and reminding eligible patients about WIC resources in their community can greatly improve outcomes. Now, on to my discussion with Dr. Nisha Diva Karuni. She talked me through the details of how to best help patients at Midtown take advantage of these WIC resources. I'm so happy to have Dr. Nisha Diva Karuni on this episode to answer all of my burning questions about WIC. Dr. Nisha Diva Karuni practices at Midtown Pediatrics, a resident run clinic in the inner city of Baltimore. She graduated from the University of Maryland School of Medicine and completed her pediatrics residency at the University of Maryland, where she also went on to be chief resident. She serves as a preceptor at the Midtown Pediatrics Practice for both residents and medical students. She also works in the University of Maryland NICU follow-up clinic for developmental monitoring of premature infants, as well as working in the full-term nursery as an attendee. She is also a course director for the primary care track at the University of Maryland School of Medicine. She is particularly interested in newborn care, lactation and breastfeeding, as well as resident education, making her the perfect guest for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Diva. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, like you mentioned, I am super passionate about these topics, so I'm excited to be talking to you guys about this today. That is so awesome. So let's just jump right into it. Um, you are a preceptor at our resident-run clinic at Midtown Pediatrics, which is an inner-city clinic that serves um, all kinds of kids of Baltimore from newborn up until age 21. Um but let's focus on those cute little babies today. How do you approach WIC referrals during your appointments? Yeah, um, that is a really good question. So WIC um, is a great resource for our families. Um, and it's actually kind of a common misconception that uh, families need a referral per se from their doctor. So um, any family can just go onto like the WIC website to see if they qualify. There are certain um, like income criteria, um, family size and things like that. So they can look at that. Um, and then so I will typically approach a family and ask if they're already using WIC. Um, and if they're not, I definitely direct them to the website. We also have handouts um, with phone numbers and contact info to kind of help them um, reach the correct office to schedule their first appointment. Um, but a lot of times, like we may have babies and new moms that come over from the nursery and they'll say things like, oh, I haven't gotten my formula from WIC yet, or can you give me a referral? I'm waiting to set up my WIC appointment. Um, and so I think it's important for all of us and our residents to know that we do not have to do anything first for in order for our patients to get set up with WIC benefits. In terms of like specialized formulas and stuff like that, we'll get to that a little bit later. But just in terms of connecting a family with WIC, um, that is something that they can definitely feel empowered to do on their own. That's awesome. And when you're talking about that, it kind of makes me think, do you think that this is something that we as residents should make sure that we are covering kind of in our discharge process of babies that are in the full-term nursery? Yeah, I do think it's super important. Um, 
especially like for any patient, whether they're breastfeeding their baby or formula feeding, I think it is good to touch base about that. Um, because, you know, obviously having a newborn and taking the newborn home for the first time is, it's a whole process and a lot of stressors that come with that by itself. Um, and so if the families have thought ahead of time about calling the WIC, WIC office and getting their appointment, that can be like one less uh, thing off their plate before they come into the office. That's awesome. That's something definitely to keep in mind. Yeah. So once a family has kind of gotten in touch with the WIC office, um, what kind of anticipatory guidance can we give them? Yeah. So WIC is, it can be a great support um, that can kind of go with you starting from pregnancy all the way up until um, age five. They can um, help you with breastfeeding. They can help you with transition from formula onto cow's milk um, and starting table foods and all sorts of things. So I don't know that families always have that kind of full picture. So I think starting there is really good and just giving them an idea of like the depth of services that is offered. Um, so even talking about, you know, supporting pregnant and breastfeeding moms, they have a ton of um, support groups, educational sessions, written handouts and materials to help um, breastfeeding moms kind of set them up for success. Um, they also have like prenatal education, uh, things on like pumping milk and storing milk, working on the correct latch and all these other things that may come up and um, could be really useful for especially first time moms. Mm -hmm. um, so especially like for our residents who work with more adult populations, whether they're like MedPeds med residents or PZM, I think it's important for um, them to talk about WIC to their patients as well. Um, so you can start that anticipatory guidance even earlier, like you know, even before pregnancy, if applicable. I think that's great. And I think, you know, that's even something I've learned too, looking into all of the research for this episode is yeah. how like far reaching WIC can be for our families, right? Um, especially even before the baby is born. Um, so it's definitely something to keep in mind, even, you know, if a mom is bringing in their toddler and is like, oh, I'm due soon. You can kind of bring it up then too, which is yes, great. Exactly. Exactly. So always like just kind of thinking ahead. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is uh, I know like a lot of our families have a preference um, with products, right? Like mm -hmm. Similac versus Enfamil. So if a family is new to WIC, um, I also do like to kind of discuss with them that WIC often contracts with, you know, one company versus another. And I know things were like a little bit different with the recent formula shortage mm -hmm. and they were just kind of using whatever products they had in you know, their supply. But oftentimes they are limited by their contract in terms of what they can give families. And so I do like to go over with, with families that you know all the formulas are pretty strictly regulated in terms of their nutritional content and ingredients. And so, um, Whatever, like whatever brand of formula they get will be medically fine for their baby. But in terms of like those preferences, they may not be able to accommodate those at WIC. Got it. Yeah, that's something I think that comes up a lot, obviously, yeah. during all of our appointments. Right. Um, and how you kind of approach that is, um, is good to remember. And yeah. then what if like, you know, um, Brand is one thing, and you can talk about that uh, with a family. 
Um, but what about like a medical need for switching formula? Maybe they've already been set up with WIC. They're getting a certain type of formula, but baby is, you know, gassy or you find out that they have a milk protein allergy. Um, what can you do to help them make sure that the baby gets um, the formula that you're discussing at that appointment? Definitely. Um, so that is kind of where our primary role comes in, honestly. So we can um, switch formulas for medical need at any time. And so there is um, this thing called like the medical um, documentation form, which we can fill out and either give back to the families or fax directly to the family's WIC office if they have that information for us. And so if we have identified a medical need, such as like a cow's milk protein allergy, severe eczema, um, a premature baby who like needs more um, mm -hmm. calories or like a genetic metabolic condition that requires, you know, a special formula or soy formula or something like that. Um, we can always fill out this form. We always have copies of it in the office. And actually a lot of the indications that I just mentioned are listed on the top of the form. Mm -hmm. um, and so we can fill out that form and give the family up to like a six month supply um, based on what you think is indicated for the particular condition. Um, and that's how they would go about getting that specialized formula. Um, I think it's also important to note that if families have a particular preference and they want to switch back and forth or trial different things like Similac sensitive or total comfort or soy, they can do these things uh, without the medical documentation form. Um, so just keep that in mind as well. And that also is listed at the top of the form for your reference. We also use this medical documentation form when transitioning off of a special formula onto a regular formula. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you had a premature infant who started off on Neoshore and is now very comfortable on you know, their growth chart and now they can transition onto Similac, some WIC offices do require a medical documentation form saying it is okay to discontinue the Neoshore. Um, so those are kind of the main scenarios where that form comes up. Got it. Yeah. Important to remember it the other way too. Yes. <laughs> step up and step down. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. And then how can we ensure that a mom has received a breast pump um, either from the hospital after she gives birth or her insurance? Um, because I remember you talking about in clinic um, that, you know, breast pumps are available through insurances. Um, and if she hasn't received a pump, how can we help her get one? Yes, um, super important. Like you mentioned, ideally mom um, can work with her OB and insurance company to obtain the pump during the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. uh, it usually happens around like the second trimester, but honestly can be any time. Um, and insurance does typically cover one breast pump per uh, pregnancy. Um, but if for some reason wasn't ordered prenatally and wasn't ordered in the hospital, like in the nursery by lactation, then we do have an order form um, here at clinic where we can order a double electric um, breast pump for mom and submit that to her insurance company. The only caveat there is we just want to verify that she didn't already order one and is just waiting for it to arrive because we just don't want to bill the insurance and cause like an out-of-pocket cost. Mm, yeah, that is important. So if she had already ordered the pump and we order a second one, yes. it'll come out of her pocket. Exactly. exactly. Okay. So you definitely don't want that to be the situation. And 
if it is the case where she has already ordered one and just waiting, we do sometimes have hand pumps in the office. You can give that to mom to just kind of bridge the gap until the electric pump arrives. Great. And we do have a lactation con um, consultant, right, at yeah. um, the Midtown Clinic. Um, what days of the week are they there? Yeah. So Cheryl Holden, one of our lactation consultants, is here every Thursday morning. So she can um, do visits like independently as just like a lactation visit, or she can do kind of a joint visit with the doctor. So if you're seeing a baby back for, you know, their two week visit or even just like a weight check or something, you can have Cheryl stop in after and go through kind of more breastfeeding and pumping things um, in person real time, which is often super helpful. Yeah, that's great. And then to, you know, <laughs> connect it to another appointment that you're already having exactly. decreases yeah. the amount of time you have to like get your baby all together to get out of the house. Exactly. Um, any other resources that you'd like, um, you know, residents, specifically those in the city of Baltimore to know about um, for food resources for our patients and families while I have you? So I'm glad you brought it up. I would definitely say, you know, food, access to food, food insecurity, those are huge factors in a child's overall health. And especially in Baltimore City, we do tend to be a little bit of a food desert. Um, so I would say always pay attention to like your seat questionnaire um, that helps kind of screen for food insecurity. If you ever see that it's marked off as positive, then we do have some handouts in our workroom on local um, food pantries and other resources. Our social worker is also available to go over extra more kind of local resources if that's um, pertinent. And then similar to WIC, there is also a program called SNAP, um, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program that's also kind of run at the state level. And so some families can also qualify for that in addition to WIC. Um, so just keeping that in mind as well. That's awesome. This has been so great and I learned so much and I think this is going to be super helpful for really any residents in Baltimore City and just something to keep in mind um, during all of our newborn appointments um, is making sure that they're getting the nutrition that they need and that we're helping their families as much as we can. And so I really appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for having me. Hope this was helpful. So helpful. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. for listening to this episode of Charm City Checkup, a podcast about social justice issues in the city of Baltimore for pediatric residents, made by a pediatric resident. Please follow us on Instagram at Charm City Checkup, and feel free to reach out with any questions or episode ideas by emailing charmcitycheckup at gmail.com. Please remember that all opinions expressed on the podcast are mine and not necessarily shared by my employer.